0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's guest is Kieran Burns. How's it going, Kieran?
1: I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
0: Not at nice all, mate. You, it's all good. Aye, it's nice to meet you, man. Fellow podcaster. I think we are, we've We got to be the number one Scottish podcast for having other podcasters on our podcast, Matt. What do you think?
2: <laughs> I think we like to get met, don't we? Um, podcasters Union and all that.
0: Absolutely. I, um, just before we start by the way like i'm not sitting in like some sort of like ceremonial robe it's i'm just i'm cold so i've got like a blanket wrapped around me saying that to matt like i do counseling and cbt with people and i always say to them i'm i'm no in a robe like it's just
1: it's a blanket
2: so how have you yeah, been you're kid not be a jedi <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I've, been? I've been a bit unwell this week to be honest because i've uh, Still getting used to the podcast game, it turns out to be a bit more stressful than you first imagined it being. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh no, I just um we we went to a weekly there recently, so you know, it's been a bit constantly thingy and it just kinda caught caught with me this week where I get a bit of a flu, so I've had to kinda take a step back for a couple of days, but I'm back in it now.
2: It's Always the joys of being weekly, man. Like, we we, 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 try and stick weekly, but I think over the course of lockdown, it's more like, 10 days-ish, is it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Aye. But it's, it's a lot of pressure to take on when you've actually got, like, a life to be... Like I also now need to do this every week.
1: Aye, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to be on another podcast, to be honest, because <laughs> I've been so used to being the one asking me questions and shit like that. So you just kind of get in the habit of... Your, your format, and your routine. team, so have been in someone else's podcast. Was kind of when Paul asked me, I was like, "Oh, I could." I, could, I don't know how that's going to go, <laughs> but anyway, I, yeah. It is always
2: interesting bit. to see somebody else's process. I remember when we went to was a drunk therapy. Well, as we've done the day, we just come in, have a wee five minutes, and then hit it, and then five minutes after, and we move on. But then what were we were like tours, sat with the guys at drunk therapy before we even into the studio, and I was just like, "This is." this is different we'll go there <laughs> quite, a few, quite a few other places
1: like
2: Aye. but hopefully you'll be comfy here man
1: no i feel, I feel I'm actually a big fan of the podcast it was, quite, it was quite um fun when i asked to go on it i was like i can't believe that I, I was listening to it well before i created my own one so uh, it was it was pretty cool
0: that's, that's fucking awesome it. dude thank you very much man so all about ability is the podcast um, what was your inspiration for starting the podcast? First of all, mate, just to get us going.
1: Well, it's kind of a long winded story, but to to try and put it into the simplest terms, I've, I'm I'm in a wheelchair, I'm a wheelchair user, and I'm for cerebral cerebral palsy, and all about abilities, kind of a pun on disability, and how the kind of perception of disability affected me from a young age and what I thought I could do and the things that I thought, I, you know. I didn't really think I could do much because disability is like perceived as this sort of like if you're you're almost like seems this broken person you're not complete because you can't do we can't walk or you can't see or whatever the case may be. So I looked at all the different podcasts out there and all the different things that people are talking about, and I just felt as if disability wasn't really in the conversation. So I gave it a go, but the actual idea came from being on a football for all this programme called the Football for All Leadership Programme which is based in which is based in Lisbon for a week. And nice. you go. Yeah, so you go there and the whole reason why I got into it was because of the European Power Football Association. And the European Power Football Association is is uh, it's this game called Power Football, which is like four to the side in these power chairs and you sh- it's kinda like it's kinda like basketball only only it's it's basically five size or only it's got a wee couple of different rules because of the fact that you know, you can't have if you yeah. just let, if you let four see if you look, if I go towards you in regular football right, and you cut to me and I was like, you can take on to a few guys beat them, but if three wheelchairs are charging you then you've only one wheelchair, you get no chance. Right. Um, <laughs> so there's a there's a few different rules to it, but um So they wanted me to go on this this course and to get accepted at this course, they had to come up with an idea. And my original idea was just based around physical and mental health because of the fact that through playing, you know, wheelchair football, I've been playing it for like 10 years, but when I started playing it, I was obviously really young and didn't really know anything about anything. And as I got older, I started to realise the reason why my performances got better was just through getting fitter and getting more mentally stable and seeing all these things and dealing with, dealing with the, like I said earlier, the kind of perception of disability that I hadn't had. Um, And so through dealing with that, I started to see younger people come through with similar problems. And also just seeing how all these sports are getting more coverage, you know, in this kind of fight for equality that you're seeing throughout the world. Mm-hmm. We, everybody's asking for equal pay, and I'm just like, can we get some coverage? Can we get, some, get like, can somebody, you know, yeah, shows us, yeah. in a different, shows in a different light? It's not just about the Paralympics every four years for fuck's sake.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so, for me, it was like all about try, give them, give these guys some sort of platform to where they can learn how to deal with these things and, and deal with this, disability about and try and relate that to the mainstream audience as well, which I think a lot of, just like, a lot of disabled bloggers or, or podcasters or whatever you have, you don't understand the need to relate it to the mainstream media. Because <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why the coverage is so low is because we, we don't, not enough, every every minority group that's ever spoke up and done anything was through them doing it themselves. You know, so white people didn't end celebrity. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? So, we we as disabled people need to stand up. We'll figure out stand up, of course, and then, and and just start saying, like, look, we deserve to be in this discussion at the very least. By no means am I saying I should be getting paid the same amount of money as Chris. I don't know if I'm playing wheelchair football, but like, give me a hey, storm. it would be it would be nice, it would be nice right? But like, you know, it's just like give us a chance. you know what I mean? Give. We're not even. Like
2: even in podcasts, even in like the
0: big podcasts, you see when do you ever really see anyone with a
1: disability
0: on it? Aye, I'm struggling to even think about exactly like a single case. Of, like yeah. listening to somebody, like it's always the sort of I don't know. Like, when when think about like people that go on podcasts, especially like for sport, it's always like the sort of top end. It's never really at the sort of. I'm like it's the grassroots. That's a better way. I was yeah. going to say I was trying not to yeah. say the lower end there, but the grassroots side. What kind of um is there a, a league or anything in Glasgow? Like I'm just intrigued about like wheelchair football. Is there like plenty of it going on?
1: Yeah, well, I mean it's definitely grown since I first came into it, but now there's there's clubs in Dundee and there's clubs in Edinburgh, Glasgow, coming all all these different places, at Ayrshire. Um and there's more coming in as well. So there is a league that we do every year as a league, a Scottish Cup and a League Cup. And um, I'm going to, I just won the MVP, so I'm going to mention that just because, why not?
2: <laughs> Might as well get it in there, man. Uh, I, was, I was trying to resist the humble brag when we are like, we don't know any other podcasts that have had disabled people, and I was like, we have, but again, you uh, know, we'll let, Paul, we'll let Paul edit that out. <laughs> you know, other, than this, no. other than this, obviously.
0: No, I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving a so,
2: walk.
0: You're talking about like the, the perception or, like that what that the majority of people have are like sort of disabilities and disabled people. Um do you feel like that perception was something that you came to yourself through like consuming T V, media? Because when I think back, I mean, I'm I'm a good bit older than you, like I'm thirty-seven and I mean I'm when I think back to like the TV programs and the movies that I watched when I was younger, I mean in recent years it's it's different, it, you, there's a notable difference, but I don't really remember anybody with disabilities being represented in sort of mainstream media when I was a kid, even a teenager. So do you think that the, the idea, the limiting idea, that the perception of what disabled people are capable of comes for that? Or do you think that it's something that you sort of, happens to yourself like psychologically?
1: I think it's a bit of both probably, I mean, you're right in what you're saying now, like the thing about that is we're kind of told to head in the corner, so we're not, we're not out there, we're not seen, so you almost don't even know, like like you say, I, I've never seen anyone on the telly or anybody, for for quite a while, it was as ridiculous as it sounds, I thought I was the only guy in the world in Um mm. <laughs> Because. I went to mainstream school, didn't get involved in sports but everything with everything disability until I was about 15 or something so, you know, there was no sort of, there was nobody around me to say this is how you, and also, see, to be honest, I didn't, but then, so that was the kind of coverage part of things where you, you don't see people that have it, and then the other part of it is your own sort of experience, and in mine, I didn't even know there was anything wrong with me, like, and wrong with me is the wrong term as well, it's not even, it's just different, but, yeah, yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say is, I didn't. Even, I thought I was just the same as... Because you. Cause see, if you grow up with that, it's, I've been in the wheelchair all my life. So mm-hmm. for me, it's like, it's just normal. It's just a normal thing. And so you don't even, you don't notice anything different until the world kind of puts it in your face. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know. It's going to be
2: quite, I mean, if you talk about school days, I mean, looking at your, your Twitter feed um, for the podcast, like, it's pretty clear that you find sport and you know sort of physical activity like quite empowering like something that you, you obviously take something quite meaningful from like when you take it back to like school days and are, are, were schools even equipped to provide that type of outlet to like disabled people? Like, are they now? Is it something that's been, there's been any progress on? Because you know I think one of the things that we could potentially use to push back against that notion is to actually show how physical mm. and sporting activity actually empowers people rather than highlights what they're not capable
1: of doing mm-hmm. you know what i mean definitely i couldn't agree more and schools are terrible for it i went to mainstream school and the one thing i wanted to do was i wanted to get pe and do, i was always in the physical stuff but i just never had an outlet for it and um that's sort of just because they don't when you go to mainstream school especially they don't really know what to do with you nobody's particularly trained in what you know what? It, what the do's and don'ts. I see the people that are trained as well. They, they don't, I don't. I don't. really feel as like if they're trained in the right way. In the sense of like, they just like they have this assumption that you can't really do anything. And so for me, it's like I can come off my chair and go on my knees, and I do a lot of workouts on my knees. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's it's like the way I like to describe it is everyone crawls and walks. I just never stop crawling. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So.
2: I don't know. Some of those videos I've seen where you actually working out on your knees are pretty intense, man. I mean, I would easily argue that, you know, outside this, you know, normal disability, like, you're in much better shape than I am, you know what I mean? (laughs) I would not have lasted some of the drills I've seen you bashing out on that Twitter feed, you know what I mean? And
1: that kind of makes the point of, like, what does does ability and disability really actually mean? And, like, you know, disability is like this man-made, like, you know, we created it. It's, it's not it's not not being the way we walk that makes me disabled it's the accessibility that makes me disabled
2: Aye. <clears throat> it's harder to interact with the world in some respects it, I mean,
1: it definitely is especially in the romance but hey, that's I, known, you. yeah I, i've known people for like exactly like you have to know if you don't know that how you're going to do it about it and that that's one of the big problems is nobody really knows about it do you know the people i've met i have said to me, like, I didn't really think about this until I met you, and now, now that I met you, uh, I think about it. And mm-hmm. so that's what kind of made me go, I need to start saying something about this, but the, the, the schools and all that, the thing with the schools, right, is I was really wanting to get, and the thing is, if you're sitting down in your chair all the time, and you're not doing any physical activity, and you're not doing anything like that, and you're not walking about, you're just sitting down, so really, in actuality, you're always just doing nothing. You know what Which is inevitably going to end up in an unhealthy, more disabled state than you were before. Yeah,
2: yeah. And have no, knock-on effects with things like your mental health beyond what you're already maybe potentially gone through at that time as well. You know what I mean? Like, sounds mm-hmm. mad to me that there's no area focus on you know getting you know quote-unquote disabled people active at that
1: level. Yeah, I, I mean, my mum fought for it. You can, I mean, she was an animal but this school teacher, wasn't <laughs> Um, the all they uh, The PE department weren't a big fan of me, <laughs> but I would always I would always say these ideas and say like I can do this and I can do that and and I and I would go and I used to play football on my knees and and goals. So I used to be the goalie uh, because that was before wheelchair football existed. So I was like, fuck, that's how I play football. And <laughs> so I just threw myself. You know, you know, I didn't have the greatest technical ability, but I would throw my face in front of the ball and people loved that. Um, and uh, so I would say to them, I can play, look, I can do this, I can do that, and, and they would be like, oh, but see, because we're not insured for this, that, if something happens to you, um, and that really bothered me, because I'm like that, why is there more likely something's going to happen to me than anyone else in your class? And, Aye. And I understand it to an extent, but the, the, the lack of wanting to do anything about it was shocking to me. Yeah, um,
0: no not even listening to what suggestions that you've got to yeah. try and sort of like get you active and stuff. Um, Whereabouts did you grow up, Kieran?
1: I got Bishop Briggs in Glasgow. Just, um, I've been here my whole life, lived in the same place. And it's, you kind of, only the past few years I've started to look at the outside world and see how a lot of the things that I felt when I was younger dealing with this stuff isn't really as uncommon as I thought it was, you know, and and no. trying to actually do something about it and make a difference and, and help people through these things. But it's, because of that stuff in school, I never really got into doing interactive. And so there was, there was never any sort of structure to my life. But whenever I did interactive, it was always felt good, you know, it yeah. always felt like I was doing something good. So but I never I never I was never educated on the importance of it, why I should be doing it and how I should be doing it and um, which resulted in me getting going through a really tough time in high school where i just got really overweight and really depressed and, and and not in a good place because it was all just about trying to get social approval and desperately wanting to be normal and be one of the you know be one of the guys
0: yeah um, how were your peers like growing up I mean, we spoke to aaron is it aaron wilkie mm-hmm. um who's uh, he's got a disability himself and we I was really surprised to hear him say how his peers were really inclusive with him because when I grew up, me and Matt grew up in East End with West St and Andrews and any sort of, and it's not even just guys that had, or guys and girls that had disabilities because there were people like that that went to school, but any difference, absolutely any difference whatsoever, whether it be like the trainers that you wore, the clothes that you wore, the music you listened to, it was always like sort of honed in on and sort of picked on a wee bit, do you know what I mean? But, what was your own sort of personal experiences like growing up and your peers and attitudes towards your disability
1: well what's quite interesting about it is in high school i will say this the 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 boys and the people in high school they were nice they were good people and because you realize that more looking back how we were just all young and didn't know anything about anything really and and, Mm -hmm. um, there was was nothing particularly harsh done but what happened with me was more so like been so had a big had a big sort of incident happened to me when I was about fifteen, um, which I went to a couple of times. But is is I used to play for this football team that was a, they were you know so a the 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 title was a physically disabled football team, and um, which I but I was the only one in the wheelchair, so I, I went there. It was in Paisley. I went there and we we trained and I trained with him for five minutes, and we was like, we love this guy, we out to play, and I was like, proud. Um, so that became like, a big part of my life, and I played for him for four years, through snow, and all sorts of, I like, put my knees through all sorts of pain, and my knees are still cut from that. Um probably, wasn't, um probably wasn't the best idea, but I just had to do what I had to do. And, so when you were playing for this football team, were you on your knees? Yeah, I was on my knees in the goal. Fuck's Maybe, some of say, "Go!" I was diving myself a bit everywhere, and, and uh I, I, I'd like to think people—if you ask people at the Plymouth, they'll say he wasn't too bad. So <laughs> um, you know, better than some of the keepers you see in the SPL these days, isn't it? But, <laughs> 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 and, uh, so I, I played for them for quite a few years, and then one one night we had this event. I'm about 15 now, so I played for them for from when I was like 11 to but just just before I turned sixteen, and um, and it was a really interesting experience for me because these guys were like proper main guys in a, in a main locker room, and I'm just a wee guy coming in, not really sure about him, and just the mm-hmm. football. But there was an event one night where we were, we, were, we had a game, and at the game I got I think I I played quite well, and at the end of the game they say who's coming to the the club night event thing they were doing because the team was coming down from England, the us when they were having a wee event and I, I, I was keep in mind that I'm for one I'm the only guy in there on the wheelchair right so if there wasn't any access to this event they could have just told me and I told them that that same day I told them I'm going to this um, but I turned up to the event and there was a two flights of stairs going into it and I was seeing my friend's just struggle down it and managing it but I obviously couldn't do it and my mum was raging she goes downstairs she's poor shouting and all that god knows what was said there um. Maybe it was so we leave, but then I'm just like that. I said to, him, I'm like, I, I it, it doesn't matter. I just go back and let's not make a deal about it cause it, it, it was too big a part of. Because even though those guys in high school, you know, they they weren't bad people. I know that, but also, I just didn't know uh, how to fit in or what I was supposed to be doing mm-hmm. because it was more so. It was more so the teachers, to be honest. That that. Made me remember that as you we were asking about it. Like the teachers were the problem because the teachers were so scared of anything happening to me. Um, because they were like, We, if something happens to you, we are liable and all that, and all this, yeah. Special. But so, I would have, I would have, I would go through lunchtime and have like a support assistant teacher person follow me a bit and have, they would have lunch with me and they would follow me a bit everywhere all the time. And I was like, How are we going to make any like? Nobody wants to sit next to the guy. Sitting next to the teacher all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. You're um, in a wheelchair. You're not made of glass.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't so much my social group that there was the problem and, and kind of not let me be part of it. But it was more so the teachers in the education of it kind of put that barrier up for me. Um, which you know they didn't. They obviously didn't see that at the time. Or and there was nothing. I didn't have the wherewithal or, or any kind of. Like, I'm just a wee guy going through a high school. I don't know what's going on. I don't have the guts to challenge a teacher. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just, just sort of played out this slowly, and, and I got out there as soon as I could.
2: I think it's quite good that all these experiences obviously has, has come this platform that you know want to you know sort of share what you've learned for these situations with other people. I mean, in terms of, I mean, obviously I had a wee look prior to talking, but like what. What guests have you had in the first couple of episodes too, and you know what, what have they been talking about?
1: Well, the the tenth one just came out today, um, and, and I really, I'm really, I'm honestly kind of chuffed with the lineup so far. I couldn't believe we got this Australian boxer on Ebony Bridges, and she was brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I was. She's fighting for the belt now as well, um, which is crazy. But there was her, and we. All the all the podcasts have similar themes, but what I've what I've tried to do is make it as diverse as I can. And there's more, you know, I mean, a lot of different kind of people coming. Up. I'm really excited for the next ten. But um, in terms of what we spoke about so far, it's been about like how 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 you come through adversity and deal with your mental health problems and physical activity. And there's been people with disabilities. There's been, there's been mainstream athletes. There's been professional footballers, boxers. So I'm really happy with the way it's going. And, and I honestly get a great feeling from it. See, when people say to me "It's helped them and this and that. That's exactly the way I'm doing it. I don't... I hate the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Do you know um, what I mean? Don't so, roll, mate. Don't roll. Uh, <laughs> So, like, if I... See, if I was doing it for myself, there's no way I would be doing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'd
2: really like the look at this week's story, actually. This is the... She was a, a ring girl, and now she's contesting a world championship.
3: Yeah. I
2: mean, that's... a pretty you know, epic story in the context of that particular sport, like, um, <clears throat> have you got a favourite so far that if people were going to go with an episode that would put you on the spot here? <laughs>
1: well, in, in terms of, I would say, the one I want people to hear the most would be the one I've done with Mick Scarlett. Okay. Um, he's episode number nine, and the reason why is because, you know, I sit here and talk about disability and all these things, uh, you kind of get, you kind of think you know a lot about it, you know what I mean? And, and I'm talking to him, and just the way that he was putting it, for me it was like some of the things he was saying. I'm like, that's such a great. I've never, I've never heard anyone say that before. So the the way that he spoke about the perception of disability, and how, but not just that, how to change it, um, was really kind of eye opening to me. So I'm, I, if, I, if there's anyone that I want people to hear, it, it'd be the one with him, ex-colleague, he was brilliant.
0: So, awesome man awesome so i mean it's mental health awareness week or was it mental health awareness day yesterday
2: i think it was day i went i went a day early with a tweet so I, did, like, <laughs> did I sent out a tweet <laughs> on friday because i seen somebody else tweeting it was all oh, right cool. i know that was coming obviously you know quite closely followed guys like brothers and arms and stuff like that and uh, i put the tweet out and then i got up on saturday and had a look at Twitter, and it was just all, and I was like, fuck, man, I'm, like, the only guy on the planet that went a day early, but at least I get in there first, you know what I mean?
0: That's a yeah. got in there first, but, I mean, have you, as you, when you were growing up, did you have disability? Did it contribute to, like, poor mental health? And, like, what is it that you've done to try and, like, overcome that, like, in your adult life?
1: Well, 100%, it definitely has, and, and like, there's a lot of different things that happened, but just to finish that kind of story about what happened with that team, basically the way it ended was, I turned up to football training the week after it said, wanting to just forget about it. And as I'm pulling out the car, two coaches, I mean early for the change, and two coaches see me, and they run past me and run to the door. And I go I go to the door, and I think they're just getting balls or something. I go to the door and they're like, we're just as robotic as you can ever imagine. They're like, we're sorry to of inform you, you can't play for the team anymore because you're not doing enough. Um, you're not physically able enough, and I'm like that. I've been playing for the team for four years. We've we talked about <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they're really like that. I'm sorry, but we just can't accommodate you anymore. And but, but but you know, if you want to go see by the boys, you can you can do this session. And I'm like that. I'll be honest. I didn't say a word. I was just completely I couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah, it was it was probably it's one of those moments you just don't forget because it had a, such a bad effect on me from, it started early drinking, which was something that I really contribute to having bad mental health at the time. Right. Plus, right was after, that was the only thing that was making me happy or giving me any sort of uh, independence. So when it was taken away in the most kind of harsh way possible, I, I my sixteenth was a week later and I just remember getting absolutely steaming and every, almost every weekend, most days, I was just drinking from sixteen till about maybe nineteen. Or
0: anything. Um, right? Do you remember? Was that because when you were drinking, you just kind of forgot about it and just disconnected?
1: I think it was more just because I was wanted to feel numb. I just wanted to feel nothing because I just felt as if you know this is obviously quite deep in terms of this is, you know, too much, but I am um, just didn't. I felt as if, like usually you would hear something like that, and you would internalise it as, "What the fuck's their problem?" Like, obviously it was their fault. Obviously it was nothing to do with me. And I reckon it was that was new because I've looked through it all. And, so I thought, but at that time it was it was just very internalised in a negative way of being like, "This is your fault because you can't work." Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's got to
2: be hard not to have felt like that, even though uh, thankfully hindsight has shown you otherwise. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and. I don't think I'm the only person in a wheelchair with a disability to feel like that, in fact I would say that probably every person with disabilities felt like that at one point or another and then for me it was like it just felt as though I wasn't able to do anything or I was never going to, like even with people with disabilities I couldn't fit in, as well as, you, know, do you know what I mean, so I, I just felt there was a there was a deep sense of kind of sadness and pain I had at that time and yeah. Drink, just I was just looking for any sort of, like, like I say, fitness had given it because I had no idea about it. I wasn't educated on it. Nobody showed me any sort of pathway of what to do. Football was the only thing keeping me active and then I was staying away. So I just started drinking heavily and, and that kind of led to a sort of make a, I would say make a break moment when I went to, I went on holiday with my pals a few years later. And in those years, I, would ju- I had just been drinking non-stop. I'd gotten really overweight. And I, I was constantly just... Every joke I was making was a really harsh joke about me being in a chair. Like, and it was something I never really noticed until I looked back on it. And go, you were really... Um, you, I was always making myself a brunt of the joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, it was never something I, I I had noticed until that. But we went in this holiday, and I'm sitting... like. The last day of the holiday, they had to do things for me and stuff that i like I just felt as if I was really weak and all that and not enjoying myself uncomfortable at the because 'cause I'm bursting at the chairs, I'm overweight, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and I'm sitting on this beach, so I, I go from the chair onto the kind of sunbed or whatever you call it, and I'm lying there and I'm sweating profusely because it was dead hard for me to transfer for the chair and and I'm just not feeling comfortable at all and, and hung over hung over to the highest extent you could possibly imagine. Uh, I'm looking across the beach and I'm seeing all our pals and they're all healthy and they're all smiling and they all look ripped and they're all talking about how I'm going to go into this business course, I'm going to go and do it, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm thinking, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing after this. Like My whole life for two years has been trying to get into this sort of group of friends and, and not thinking about myself in any sort of way and just totally myself, basically, and if I'm being totally honest, you know, I said this in the first episode that I done when I was talking about that exact same experience, and I said that I had like, this moment where I where I was like going to go back and change stuff, but I never really said why that was. And if I'm being totally honest, the reason why was because um I was thinking about family and I was thinking about my grandma who uh, who you know I, we she was my nana which I always get quite embarrassed uh, to say because people don't copy Nana's anymore. <laughs> but two really? and a half. Uh from like everything that I say, Nana, everyone goes, "She's a cunt." Have you seen Nana? For. But man, uh, uh, nah. but I um, agree.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
2: used to call. I used to call my grandma Nana. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be team. we we'll be team
3: Nana.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> team Nana all the way, mate. That's it. <laughs> no, but, um, I was. I was thinking of how like sh- she was eighty-two at the time or something. Probably younger than that. Um, and I was just, I just knew, like, she always had this undying belief in me from a very young age before all this happened. to we just sell these positive things to me all the time. And for whatever reason, we just, all, I just knew that we had this kind of really deep sort of connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, that man, she's going to, she's going to, she's not going to be here for that much longer. She was healthy at the time, but I just knew. I, you know you just know and I was like but this "Is this going to be you know what am I going to do here am I going to just sit and sulk and she's going to see this pure horrible version of me and I there was just a moment in my head where I was like right uh, something just clicked and then on the, on the pulling back I was like I'm going to join the gym um because I'm sick of sweating all the time <laughs> um, <laughs> so I that kind of started me joining the gym and then uh, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Came in, they had no... I think a guy put on my plan to go on the Shredder. Um, I'm sure he did that.
2: Oh, I probably should know that. That's
1: insane. But I mean, he... But like, it was so... But the, the, the plan was so automatic and so like... They were just so used to having the same one for everybody. Yeah. They, ha- they hadn't even looked at me and, they just, and, I, and I'm like, mate, do you want to explain to me how I'm going to do that? Yeah. Um, I think
0: this is like... I've, a, a quite an important point um that people's like mental fitness or health and physical fitness or health like we very very good at just having this sort of cookie cutter idea of like oh yeah here this is what you need to do so like you've managed to get your mental health back to a good place through physical fitness but that is one of the the sort of ways that it's almost like cliche you say that to people is like you need to just exercise and you need to just uh-huh. eat right and it's like mm, sometimes that doesn't work for each individual just like if you were going to go to the gym somebody saying "Oh, do 15 minutes warming up on the treadmill they've not even took that extra second to consider your individual circumstance to go yeah. right okay, that's not going to work for this guy and just give it a moment's thought we just we do kind of want these sort of quick easy Um, ways of doing it i just i just find it incredible that like if i was a pt or if i was a trainer and i got somebody that was in your circumstance i'd be like do you know what i'm going to give this more attention because it's like could you imagine if you were a pt and you managed to like really help somebody with a disability like help their mental health get their physical fitness up like what a good story that would be to promote yeah. you as a pt but like, i'm going to give them all for this guy just so that like we can really create something unique something different that i'm no used to doing but unfortunately they've hit you with uh, 15 minutes on the treadmill to get yourself warm mate. <laughs>
1: i mean the first few years was all me like there was nobody that knew what to do with me i think one of the things you speak about there right and i think it's important to say this is that a lot of these like sort of sort of council gyms are you know whatever have you they these guys are not the They a lot of them was the opposite of what you just said that a lot of them seeing me and just seen extra work mm. like not just the workouts, but getting the dumbbells and setting up the equipment there was a couple of people you know that i'm not gonna name names because i'm not gonna do that but of course that were, were just that were just not everything you come in it was, they, you could just see this sort of we're gonna have to get this married for him and get a dumbbell for him and get this and that. And mm-hmm. all that and you can just see it in her face, you know, you can see it in the whole expression. And you like, and it makes you feel awkward to this is a big point as well. It makes you feel awkward to ask for help and to also go to the gym. Why do you think when you go to a gym you never see people in wheelchairs? Oh, for exactly
2: the reason you've just explained as right. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I would imagine that walking into a gym and experiencing a personal trainer who clearly looked at you as some sort of chore would be as off-putting as like you said showing up to a building and realising that it's like two flights of stairs you would have you know a different barrier but the exact same effect
1: you know I mean I was I was already in a place where I would like I was lucky to where I'd like got to a point in my head where I was like regardless of what happens I need to start doing this like I need to do something so it didn't matter to me. It just was like, "Fuck them, let's just do it." Um, yeah. But but a lot of people that, that, I sure that are in the pretty much the
2: answer to any is really is just to go fuck <laughs> it. Let's do it anyway. You know, exactly,
1: exactly, mate. Like, who don't so, like don't stop giving a fuck what people think about it. Just do just do what's best for you. Um, I and mean. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like now, there's like loads of random channels that I've mentioned. Like every there's a gym on every day, like borden Street. Port and called Everyday Athlete, and I I really do think they're one of the best gyms, and uh, like the UK altogether. Yeah, because, I used that, to work with Tommy. Yeah, Tommy, Tommy on. Yeah,
0: um, yeah, I used to work with Tommy back in the day in Virgin Mega Stores. A great guy and super fucking fat as well. <laughs> like like and the guys that run there. They're that sort of breed of people. They're no, the type of guys that you find PT in a pure gym or in a council gym. These guys live and breathe their fitness. Like, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff that you see during lockdown, Tommy was doing, like, breaking these PBs and like, deadlift and squat in his back garden and shit. And you're like, fuck's sake, mate, like, take a day off. But at the same time, he knows what he's doing because he's, yeah. he's pushing himself, constantly pushing himself to be better. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, they are. That's just. Spe- I think that's one of these sort of special places where they're a they're a premium. You're paying you're paying a, a lot of money to go there, yeah. but you know why you're paying that money to go there? It's because you're getting not only the expertise, and for these guys, you're getting enthusiasm and like they they all seem to like love life and really love what they're doing. So, I, it's mm. they're an incredible one to watch. Sorry, to interrupt me.
1: No, no, it's totally you're totally right. Like, see, they're just always you never. They're always, always just on and happy and this this sort of infectious, good feeling you get from them all the time. I remember my brother coming in one time because before it, my brother was like, what are you doing paying money for a gym? You could just join Pure Gym or you could just join this? And he came in to watch a class getting me at the end of it and he was like, I I know why you're paying now. (laughs) Yeah. You can can feel it. You can feel it in the atmosphere and, and... that's what something that I would really take a lot of attention to and realizing that a lot of it all that really matters is how you make people feel about things half the time. It doesn't really matter what it is you're doing or, or, or like what that kind of goal is, isn't it? It's all about like just sort of improving yourself in this process, you know. And in that process of doing that, you, you start to realize that making people feel good is the best thing you could ever possibly do.
0: Yeah, man, I think something that. that I was wanting to talk about earlier that just came back to mind there when you said that is that the thing that drives you to do your podcast is the helping other people. Um I think like you're doing amazing representing like disabled people in the podcast world. Like you're saying, there's very few people that are doing it. So like, well done, but that's like a, that's like a universal truth that if you can attribute other people to help motivate you, what you're doing, you will do it. 10 times harder than what you would if you're just trying to do it for yourself. Um, and you said that with, like, your grand being your motivation for, like, your your recovery, like, wanting to be better and something that you just said there, like, we, as human beings, like, momentum is a huge thing. And if, as long as you feel like you're making steps to keep, like, I, like I said, I'm a mental health professional and the amount of my clients that I'm saying is, is that It doesn't like you just said there. It doesn't matter what what we do here. Just the actual fact that we're here and you're trying to better yourself, you're going to get something from that. And then you just need to take the same tiny steps every step of the way, and you'll just continue to feel better and better and better. The more the momentum starts to carry you. Um, Was there anything else that you did other than just the physical fitness to try and like sort of help your mentality?
1: Well, it kind of goes back as you were talking about that. It made me think of something you said earlier, which was, you know, they kind of to people exercises it is a cliche answer because you're like, oh, okay, you know, and 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 it doesn't work for everybody. And what I realized actually was, like, it, it, I was so, I was so out of, like, out of, like, um, so low down that it didn't. Physical fitness was the thing that sort of brought me back into the game, sort of brought me back into life. Uh-huh. Um, but from there, I kind of learned that it wasn't enough, and it's not enough, and it, and normally it won't ever be enough because I got really fit and in good shape, but then I would, but then I would fall back down again, and things would happen, and it would just, I would always, I would always be on these peaks and flows, and um, I, I wasn't able to gain that momentum that you're speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was because even though my physical fitness was helping me, I still had all these kind of mental, psychological issues in my head of how I felt about myself um, and one of them was thinking that, you know, was kind of relationships, to I know this is sort of like a different take, but I, I was very not like my confidence level in myself or the idea that somebody could be in me was so off the charts low that like that you know in terms of how i see myself and kind of like still there was still a lot of negative voices and negative things going on i didn't really understand
3: but yeah.
1: all i really knew was every workout i would do after the workout they'd be a bit, they would be a bit quieter, um, and I would, you know, I would feel a bit better for it after it. i've never done a workout and came out of it after everyone. going oh that was us. Awesome. you always come out with feeling good for it um, which is why I always try and make that one of my must-dos every day—is just get to the, do something out of it every day. Um, but in terms of the mental side of it, like I met this girl like shortly after. Like once I started getting in the gym, my after a few months, my my grand passed away, and it kind of deviated things a little bit. Like mm. um, and there was also like this thing of I thought that. I could be like a casual drunker and um, I didn't realize I had a problem with alcohol and um, so I was still kind I would still be drinking every now and again but every time I drank you, you know alcohol is a depressing thing, depression, that's what they say anyway and for me yeah every, every time I drank like just one beer or one thing it just changed, it would change the psychological thing in my head so you could just say that I was a really big weight, but um, <laughs> there was other effects to it, and um, I think know. it's has
2: you know been pretty open in the past with my own experience with the drink and you know the knock-on effect with like, my mental health and it's been a fairly sort of common theme across a number of guests. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a you know a, a cultural thing that happens in you know yeah. the UK and, and Glasgow particularly when it comes to the drink. I think. You know, you just have to look at some of the reactions to like pubs being shut for a fortnight to understand that there's probably quite a lot of people out there with drinking problems that don't realise that they've got them. And the one for me, again, recently is, like, man caves. You You know, it's something I've had to mute on Twitter because I'm fed up listening to it. But, like, the notion that during a nationwide lockdown that lasts six months, people are so needed alcohol that they go and build pubs in their back gardens. Now, that's something to me that as you know maybe not everybody who does that has got a problem but like it's something to me that is indicative of a wider issue that probably we have as a country we drink and a blind spot for the impact that it has on us because you know i'm extremely conscious of drinking now but in the past as you say it's something that was so easy to slide into for a couple of drinks here to you know really excessive and dangerous amounts within you know a very short space of time and like like the fitness side of things, it's it's kryptonite to your mental health. You know I what I mean?
0: Like, like, from my perspective, um, Kieran, like, you, you were talking a lot about like wanting to just fit in. Hmm. And when I gave up drinking, I felt like I didn't fit in at, at all. Like a, a lot of times, and people would mock you. would be like, you sure? Sure you don't want to drink? Sure, sure. Oh, well, how come? The, the one would be, if you go out and you're like, what do you want to drink? You'd be like a Diet Coke. And they'd be like, oh, you're no drinking? You'd be like, I don't drink anymore. And it would be like, what? Yeah. What, what are you doing yeah. that for? And it's almost like an affront to people. So I think like maybe when you've been that teenager, it's been a way for you to fit in with the crowd. Yeah. Is like, oh, I'll get a drink. And that's been one of the very few when you've been that young that you felt like this is my way to fit in. So then you start to make that association. of like, right, I fit in when I'm drinking and then it bleeds in to just normal life where you're just like oh, i just drink i just love a drink or i just have a drink every night and becomes the habit just starts to spiral um, and yeah. but you were talking about your relationships i think you were saying that you had met you'd met somebody
1: yeah yeah and so that kind of i went into that very insecure and very like i can't believe she wants to go to me you know it was it was this unbelievable thing and that mm. just it kind of became this very really unhealthy thing where I, there was she was just as bad as me really like mainly and we were both just needing to be with each other all the time i became so uncomfortable with being myself like almost without realizing it and when you talk about the drinking thing as well like like one thing i never really realized was how bad my anxiety was when i wasn't drinking and you were trying to go out and be social when you're not drinking and you're trying to have a conversation with someone, and you're like, "Can I get what's it?" Cause your, your heart's, and you're like, "What's happening to me right now?" I don't even know what's going on. So, so it might be a just like, just have a drink, just have a drink, and I'll take the edge off you, and you'll be fine. But nah. a social lubricant. Yeah. Yep. Um. But I think that all comes from like trying. To, you need to start to be comfortable with yourself, and like, but you only really do that by asking yourself the real kind of honest questions. And you asked me the like, two things that helped me like mentally. And they're really simple, but like as, as simple as they are, they're also really effective. Is I had this thing in my head to where it had to be, had to be me to deal with it. Like I was listening to this podcast when I was getting into fitness, and the guy's great and he's was really good. I still, you know, I still like listening to him. But um, and he's a guy from America, like some big guy, somewhere. And he was talking about how I could I was getting really into fitness and really gaining strength and confidence and stuff like that. He was talking about how, you know, when you've got a problem, you know, you can deal with that. You don't need, you know, you don't want to give negative energy to other people. You can deal with it in your own head. And I understood the premise of what he was talking about mm. and, and how he meant it in a positive way. I, I just took it the wrong way. And so I, I, I decided to um, think, you know, any time I was struggling, I was like, you can you can deal with this. I would do a workout and after I'd be like, you've got this, it's fine. Um, so I would not talk about things, I would not, I would really internalise a lot of things that was going on, to the point where it would build up, and would build up in the big things that would lead me closer to suicide and stuff like that. Um, and so the biggest thing that helped me sort of relieve that stress and start to kind of clear my mind about it was actually just telling people about it and be honest about it and not be, not be scared to say the word suicide and not be scared to say that you were at that point. And I think... Once you get, once you start to figure out who you are, because the biggest reason why I feel comfortable to it, like when I say it to you, the reason why it is because of what I want to help people is mainly because of the fact that I've always been like a nice person that wants to kind of give time to other people, but I always thought it was a bad thing. I thought it was a bit like I didn't like myself for it because the world was saying you kinda be, you can't do, you kinda be, you know, nice guys finish last.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the worst fucking scenes that's ever been <laughs> created. Probably, tell you who created that one? Bet he was a fucking scumbag, was, like the guy. Nacho that, no,
1: so, Nacho Novo made that say.
0: That. <laughs> right. If you if you get on, uh, do you not like Nacho Novo? I don't like him either. Uh, but <laughs> no, I,
1: I just wanted to. I just wanted to put Avengers Jab in there somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you were talking about
2: mental health, more um, spoke about disability in the past, like trying to. You know gauge the impact that that has on somebody's mental health like <clears throat> body image so you were saying that you never believed that there was a time where you know anybody could be attractive that seems to be probably like the elephant in the room when it comes to men's mental health um as that as much as we talk pretty openly and regularly all sorts of people both online and offline about mental health like I don't think that's something that as men, we're ready to like, properly talk about yet. So it's, it's quite good to see that in your process, you've been able to recognise that, you know, there was something there that you had to, you know, get and tap in, and hopefully mm-hmm. have actually, like, you know, got yourself to a place where it's not an issue anymore. Like, why do we why do we have so little confidence in, you know, how we look as men, like?
1: I think it's because, like, you yourself are harder, like, you're harder on yourself than what the reality of it is, and in the sense of like, you you, you are your worst critique, and a, a lot of these a lot of men have this thing. Where we're really, really, in peer in inner groups as well. We can be really harsh on each other and 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 in ourselves, but also like for example, right? Even the podcast that I've done, I thought I'm never going to be able to do this like. I've like, not got the really confidence or the way of doing it to be able to speak this way. Um, and the first, like, couple of what... Because in my head, I was like, I'm not going to start it until I know what I'm doing, right? But I think, yeah. what, <clears throat> I think what guys need to realise... Guys that think like this need to realise one thing, and that is that nobody knows what they're doing.
2: it's what we get back to just, fuck it, just there. up, you know what I mean? Like, nobody,
1: yeah. nobody knows it, and I... I listened to the first couple of podcasts and then I thought that they are, they are terrible. Nobody's going to listen to them. Um, and then people were like, That's, that was great. I really enjoyed that. In, in my head, I was like, that was terrible. So a lot of these things that you think are bad, like bad things or negative things about yourself are actually quite good things. Like I thought um, spending most of my time helping people not really... And, and But the thing is, it has to be for a healthy reason. Like what I was doing was like getting try to help people that I couldn't help and and there's a line between helping people but also you also need to be honest about what's really going on and how you're why you're doing it and what's you know so I had my own sort of problems of oh, like I say always needing somebody there and never feeling like I was enough or anything and a lot of guys have that feeling and the main yeah. thing is the main thing is just saying look I mean what, like it's not you it's not just you everybody's got this you have to to state yourself, like, it's, it's your voice in your head that's saying all these things to you about yourself is a lot harder than what, harsher than what the actual, everyone else actually thinks. Yeah, then, absolutely.
0: Like, you, the, the voice in your head is basically, like, your ego, and your ego is there to protect you.
1: And mm-hmm. the, way that it,
0: the way that it protects you is by basically, like, leading you down a path that makes you want to do nothing. You just don't, like, so like you're saying, self-doubt that's a that's a, a protective mechanism that we've got that that you can use because it's a feedback loop. So but you don't need to take it seriously. Like you're saying, you don't need to listen to it. You mm. can absolutely go against it. I mean, when I was going through my own sort of mental health um episodes and recovery, I made this and I don't so I I don't recommend this for many people because it's and you'll know why in a second where i made a rule where i said if i come up if i think something i need to do it and what i meant by that is and i hated myself sometimes so i'd be like i fancy starting a podcast and i'd be like fuck i'm gonna need to go and do this now because i've got this thing that's like to at the start to motivate myself it was like you need to do these things you can't come up with these create i'm a very creative person and i come up with a lot of creative ideas but I would follow through with very, very few of them. And this was part of my poor mental health, was that I had low self-esteem because I would have all these great ideas, but I would never, ever follow through. I would always just doubt and talk myself out of it in the exact same way that you just said, Dermot, that I'm not good enough. No, do you know what I need to do? I need to do more research. I need to do more learning. I'm no worthy of this. I need to be better or bigger. And then I can reveal it to them. And The actual key to it for me was, like no do you know what you need to do you need to just go and start doing shit and see what happens and be curious and accept if you fail if, if it turns out that you're not good enough if it turns out then just accept it so i had this whole thing about if you come up with an idea you need to follow through with it to the, its natural conclusion and i don't like i said i don't really recommend that for people but see if you've got like low self esteem,
2: extremely and, difficult to start next day as well. Never mind, go through <laughs> Well, unfortunately, you're, you're sometimes, an extremely driven. Aye, aye.
0: Sometimes people like Matt and I've got other friends as well, they kind of like get dragged along with it when I'm like, No, we need to do it. We need to do it. We need to do it. But then inevitably, me, Matt's relationship, you're
2: not dragging me about now. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. But then the, the, the outcome of that is, is that my self-esteem gets boosted and I feel like I can do other things and I have more ideas and then Matt's telling me this has been really good for me and my mental health and then I feel great yep. about that and so there's been so much good stuff that's come out of it that it's actually immeasurable for me and it just took me taking that chance on myself and I think that's what you're talking about as well is just taking chances and taking small risks in your life to actually do something that might actually make you feel accomplished and better about yourself. Exactly.
2: I think as well, like when you look at some of the feedback you've had through your early episodes, I mean, there are, people are clearly reacting to it in, in a very positive manner. Like, I mean, as I, I say, it you up put, prior to sitting down the day, like, all, I mean, it was just all praise, which was which was amazing to see. And I think, reading through some of the comments, people were taking really different things. So wasn't it wasn't like, you know, you were getting one type of really sort of common compliment There was like loads of people finding loads of really positive things for the work that you've done so far. So there's clearly, you know, a receptive audience there for it. So, you know, you're on the right path.
1: I feel like my my starting reason for doing it was for disabled athletes and giving giving us more of a voice, right? But I just went on one of the biggest things I've taken from it, like you say, is... You have all these different people from different walks of life, disabled, non-disabled, whatever, and we all like every single one of them have something they've been through. everybody has a story, and so you start to say to yourself, "Hold on a minute." The biggest point of this is to show that the mental health, mental health and physical health and this stuff, that does, doesn't can happen to you regardless of regardless of your background, regardless of. Your race, or whatever the case may be, your your shape, size—all these different people are going through the same sort of emotions because there's no, there, there aren't any new. I'm not, I'm not like yourself. I'm not qualified to just speak from my own experiences, but I'm not. I, I say it myself like, there aren't any new emotions. We all can feel the same sort of thing. Yeah. It's this 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 game, it, this work, like this life, isn't a new thing. It's been a bit for a while, you know what I mean, and. Based on, by the way, also, I really relate relate to exactly what you just said there, Paul, about that kind of, if you say you're going to do something, you really need to do it. And I'm so like that. And when I don't do something that I've said I'm going to do, it really depresses me. I'm like, I'm a fucking idiot. I should have done that. you know. And one of the things that really helped me and one of the things that I realised why that was happening to me was because when you say you're going to do something right and you don't do it and it's for you, what you end up kind of you end up kind of just not trusting yourself to follow through with something and that's where the lack of confidence comes from is, is if you know that you're not going to follow through with it why would anyone else think you're going to follow through with something And that- you may need, need have confidence in yourself first before anyone else has confidence in you
0: perfectly yeah. put perfectly put mate. um
3: i've
0: i've got a question about like lockdown like um, how did that impact you, especially for somebody like myself, who, like, you should have maybe, maybe have mentioned this earlier, but I, I don't really talk a lot about it on social media, but I go to the gym five days a week and do kickboxing, and do Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, my physical fitness related to my mental fitness is, mm. like, paramount for me. Um, but did it have, like, an impact, the gym's closing? Um how did you cope with that? Like, because obviously like it, it's different for, I think it's different for me and you where I basically just went and got like a yoga mat and a couple of like dumbbells and just went fuck it, just do squats in my room. Like that's, that's different for somebody that you you, maybe need a PT you need somebody there like to sort of facilitate like the workout and stuff for you as well. Like, so how did you cope?
1: You know, it, it was really strange because my, my life is full of sort of distractions. Um, and and um, the like for the football between the football and fitness and and walking and stuff you're always doing something you're always busy and um, all of us all of a sudden it was like the life just paused and and said take a back seat and so see to be honest the first couple of months of the lockdown were great because I really for some reason I was like this is great I can because I. I had kind of messed up, I felt like I have messed up my pre-season getting fit for the football. And it doesn't really, like people People won't talk about it the same way I talk about it in the sense of like, it helps me perform better because I'm got CPE, and it helps my kind of speed of the, my train, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought, fuck it, let's get, we're two months now, almost, where nothing going on. Let's just get into, the, create a wee fitness space, get a wee handbike, a couple of dumbbells and just get tore into it. And the first couple of months I was done really well and I got really good shape. And then <laughs> um, it kind of carried on a bit longer than I, I think we all kind of expected it to. Yeah, big time. And I burnt out fast. So I was going to the gym twice a day for and both workouts were like two hours long. So it wasn't that like it was... <laughs> <laughs> fuck's
0: sake.
1: <laughs> I don't wow. know. I've got to be honest with you, I don't really know what happened to me. It's someone just I got a bit between my teeth and I was like, we're going to fucking do this, right? Um, And so, but what I actually have, I like to go swimming, and swimming kind of takes away a lot of my pain sometimes and stuff. So one week I went too hard, and I woke up actually in excruciating pain. Normally I wouldn't get sore from working, it's because I would go to the swimming and I would kind of take it away, um, which is... Speaking of like, anyone with any disability, woman is the number one thing you should be doing. But I was doing it, so I, could, I woke up in really bad physical pain. I'm thinking, oh, no. Um, and then I couldn't, then like, because of that, I couldn't go into the gym that day. And when I couldn't go to the gym that day, I just was sitting, it was just too much time to think, too much time to self-analyse. Um, ah, yeah. I kind of, I turned the, I turned to drink a wee bit again, just a wee bit, and um, kind of found myself falling into old habits and stuff,
3: mm-hmm.
1: but but I think, to be honest, lockdown was one of the best things mm-hmm. that had happened to me, um, because of the fact that I think I was able to address, like I had a couple of really strong kind of meltdowns, <laughs> like like a couple of... What, we, what, we, what we, my 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 wee brother described it as a mental health crisis, um, and I've not spoken about this yet because uh, I felt part of you feels like it was too recent to want to speak about it. Because you're like, don't worry about me, by the way. But <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Like, part of you is like, I wait, I wait like a few months and then I talk about it so everyone knows that I'm sound. you know what I mean? Um, I think that
0: that's something that me and Matt have spoke about previously in this podcast is like the reluctance to share current struggles Aye. it's de- it's it's definitely it's not easy I'm not I'm no saying it's easy in any way shape or form but it's easier to talk about stuff retrospectively when you can be like I'm fine now but, oh, but me and Matt so many times in this podcast have just been like I've been struggling the last week and talking yeah. about our struggles and stuff man took, so this is definitely time, a decent space
2: I mean I think I spent right. the entire first year drunk before I was able to ever to actually talk about drinking on the show you know what mm-hmm. I mean no drunk on the show but like just drinking, <laughs> drinking in between shows and stuff like that. Whereas I, I think probably the first time I ever actually tried to like come to terms with it and get to grips with it was actually talking about it on the show. But again, yep. you and I sit down in a room and it's just two mates sitting talking. I sometimes forget there's even microphones there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I, it's good that there's new no, that platform and that space for you to explore some more things. That like. I think. You know what you shared is is yours. So if it's too early, like, don't let us push you into
1: it, man. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I I feel in the best place mentally I've felt in a long time, and mm-hmm. I, I put it down to that. Like, I I had a, I had a lot of things maybe at the back of my head that almost you just don't have time to address because you know they're really deep and it's going to take a while to go through them. And mm-hmm. but all I, of, all of us all of a sudden I had the time to sort of. And I had a couple of things happening during lockdown but it where there was one particular night where it just felt as if all my insecurity—imagine you had a heat wave on your body of every possible insecurity that was right in the back of your head—and it just mm-hmm. got it just got exposed one night, like really strongly, to where I couldn't ignore it. Yeah. And then that night, I was my brother came out, and this was something that was going to say earlier: don't stop holding back tears. Guys, like, there was one really bad habit I had where I was just, there were so many times where like, I was just emotionally wanting to, like, let out, and I didn't, because I'm like, guys, don't try. Men don't do that.
2: Aye, mm. it's bullshit. Um, I fucking regret the other day watching All The Sunny in Philadelphia. So the, like, this is what lockdown <laughs> has done to me. Is that I seen the episode where the Phillies won the Super Bowl when it showed you all the fans celebrating on the street, and I was pure. Mm. i miss celebrating goals with football fans. Like, it was pure cheesy as fuck. It was like, but I think well, it does. It does get to you sometimes. You know what I mean? No,
1: definitely. I mean, I, I whenever whenever I feel like I need to cry, I'll, I I never hold it in anymore mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, you just it's just damaging your whole thing. And for me, it was like in that moment when I was feeling all these things that came to the forefront, that night was one of the worst nights of my life. But, because I when I came out, he came out, I was in the garden and, I, and I'm and it was raining and I'm just sitting there uh, like in tears and he seen me and he was going... He, I'm lucky that he was there that night because he was going to go that night and he stayed. I don't know why he stayed, but he said to see me. And if he wasn't there, God knows what happened, but see why I got past that? what what I was able to see was I was able to look at myself differently and I was seen I I now knew exactly what all these issues were and I was like hey, so how did I start addressing them? And most of it was through just changing my thought process and saying the thing that I think is bad here about me is actually a good thing and I'm actually not the worst looking guy in the world. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like these these things that you say to stuff that you look back on you go, I can't believe I was saying that to myself it's terrible Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the reason why I say it was the best thing that one of the best things that happened to me is because that was what made me. Able, that was that incident was what made me able to start the podcast a week later. I recorded the first episode. Oh, yeah.
0: Amazing, man! Amazing. I, I think that that's something that took me a long time. And people that I engage with and I talk to them and they they feel like a a low moment. So especially when you go on the road to recovery and you'd say you get six months a year in and you're like, I'm feeling great. And then something happens or something outside your control, or maybe even nothing happens. You just happen to feel kind of low and down. And maybe like you're saying, you maybe go back into old habits for a couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months. It doesn't even really matter. Like one of the main things that changed my perspective on that is that this is an opportunity to get even better. Like don't, dwell on the fact that you've slipped back into an old habit, don't beat yourself up that you've had a depressive episode actually, like you exactly what you just said, I'm in the best mental space that I've been in ever, so if you can walk through this, it's just another wee bump the road and once you get out of that bump you're going to feel even better and then you'll, there'll be another bump don't think that there's yeah. no going to be another bump there will be because that is fucking life but when you go over that bump again the next one you'll feel even better again and every time you'll probably pick up a wee tool so yeah. that the next bump comes you'll be able to go over it so that's that's amazing to hear that but a lot of people do get down in themselves when either they relapse if it's addiction or they just, they feel depressed again. Maybe if somebody has been depressed, medicated, got off their medication six months later, feel the depression coming back in. So it's no, you're not going back to square one, yeah. get over this one and you're going to be even stronger. And every time that you do, go over these wee episodes, you're going to get stronger and stronger. So it's really good to hear that. That's what happened and it inspired you to do the podcast, mate. So it was worth it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. you're never going to have you're never going to have like years where you don't have a bad you're always going to have bad days but it's just figuring out the correct foundation for you to deal with those things and how like i know when i feel a bit off, it i know 20 minutes on the bike i'll come out to a different person or or reading or responding to a message where somebody's um said to me this is happy with that it makes me motivated to keep doing what i'm doing things like that and just kind of Going on to and say, not being, like you say, not being harsh on yourself. You're human. Nobody, there's not a single person on this planet that hasn't been through a hard time. Like, I, I, I don't know, but you guys, I've never met anyone that said, my whole life has been perfect 100% of the time. Nobody said that.
0: This is true. Maybe someday on Instagram. <laughs> someone flowers. I love, I, I lead the perfect life. Um, so, like, just as we're wrapping up, mate, because as I said, I, I need to be somewhere in four minutes i need to leave in four minutes which is going to be fun but um what's the you were saying you're looking forward to the next 10 episodes like what are you hoping or what have you got planned coming
2: up
1: well it comes out every sunday 12 o'clock at 12 o'clock and i don't really know why i chose that day or time but it just that i was like sunday will be a good day because everyone will be home more. so sunday 12 o'clock time
0: um, <laughs> so, let me listen to somebody <laughs> talk about recovering for being a, a low-key
3: alcoholic
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, Exactly, that's my target, I want to help the alcoholics, Um, but I no, so it's every every weekend or Sunday, and the next 10 I've got, I've got WWE wrestlers coming on, I've got um, a a boxer that just won, you know, she's the world boxing champion, she just won a big amazing fight like that a couple of months ago, she's coming on, she she was homeless, and is now the world champion, so it's just... a pretty cool story that, and then uh, hi. I've got well, a part of my pain who's won six gold he's won six gold medals and it, his, his story is just incredible so there's a bunch of people that are, I'm really excited to talk to and um, I've, I've recorded the next like six or seven in the bag and I've got a few ideas of doing one person and things like that and uh, I'm really excited about because the thing is I just want to make this as big as I can because it became this thing where I want to dedicate myself fully to helping people as much as possible but in order to do that you're going to have to make it financially viable as well you know so mm. that's where I started to really I was doing it like putting on like seven, like a really solid 70% into it and now I feel like I'm putting 100% into it so hopefully there's good things to come
2: Amazing mate Amazing Can't see why there wouldn't be man it's been great talking to you and like look forward to keeping an eye out and obviously watching many of the shows
1: Thank you it's, it's on Spotify and iTunes and all that all the usual stuff that you're on, but it was really great to be on here. I, I, I listen to this podcast all the time, so it was just it was pretty cool to to be invited on and talk to us. Thanks oh, well, very much, nice mate. Deal. So
0: it's all about ability. If anybody's wanting to go and anywhere, but I'm sure anybody that's listening us knows where to find a podcast. For God's sake, but. <laughs> any podcast Spotify Apple all the platforms you do YouTube as well didn't you you've got like yeah. some videos on YouTube all about ability guys if he's really if he's want to go it's a cracking podcast mm-hmm. and I think we'll agree Like you've been a great guest mate good to talk to you and thanks very much
1: cheers guys I really appreciate it man. it was a great
3: opportunity oh, i enjoyed it No bother buddy cheers bud thanks very much It grows below the upper line Home, You know you try to hold you tightly by my side When all is crashing down You'll never reach the surface You live underground Can see for the shuffle of feed. sky fire. Can't you can't just see. You can try, but you won't break me. The hope that keeps it all alive is burning bright. It's day to day, night tonight. We have no choice, who gets to roll the dice You'll never reach the surface, you live underground Sky fire comes around, when the steel ring I can see from the shuffle of feet. you can't you see? You can try, but you won't break me.